Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. The Westwood One Podcast Network presents The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. Well, here are the headlines of the day. It's crazier by the day. Pelosi's crazy and Nadler is fainting from his hatred. He passed out during a press conference. You can see he passed out from his hatred. He's, he's not ready for the prime time of hate that they gave him. He was uh, rushed to a hospital in a stretcher. We wish him the best, but we hope that he gets better and resigns from Congress and goes back to what he does best, which is fixing traffic tickets in Brooklyn. We also wish that Nancy Pelosi gets better and recovers from mental health episodes and goes back to what she does best, which is making meatballs and ravioli. Meanwhile, the Muslims are at it again. Or excuse me, the Islamists are at it again. They set off a parcel bomb in Lyon, France course no one named uh, in this in south africa a white woman was butchered to death with a hammer by a black african oops sorry sorry did you know the following do you know that being a farmer in south africa is the most dangerous profession in the world i have the data for you if you doubt me being a farmer in south africa is more dangerous than being a policeman in south africa now how does that compare worldwide let's see the global murder rate is six people per 100,000 population. The South African murder rate is 34 people per 100,000. The South African police murder rate, meaning those policemen being killed by the wonderful, calm, peace-loving folks of South Africa, 52 per 100,000. And South Africa farm murder rate is 156 peaceful white farmers being killed per 100,000. Global murder rate, 6 per 100,000. South African farm murder rate, 156 per 100,000. Not one word from the United Nations. What use are they? The cycle of war is being discussed. I think we're due for another big one very shortly. Elephants are being killed again in Lyon. It breaks my heart to tell you this. You know that I support the conservation movement worldwide, especially that of beautiful animals like elephants, and it's happening again. It's uh, a heartbreaker. It's on michaelsavage.com. If you want to get sick all weekend, go there and take a look at them, protecting their babies from the vermin who shoot them. And the American hunters and the other hunters who go and kill them, as far as I'm concerned, they're mass murderers, they're psychopaths. Also in the news today on michaelsavage.com is an announcement of my new book out for Father's Day called A Savage Life. Radio legend Michael Savage reveals the man behind the microphone sharing his extraordinary American journey and the adventures that shaped him. I know that every one of you who is a fan of the show is going to want to get this copy of A Savage Life just for the picture of yours. True, <laughs> Sorry, not just for the picture, but it does show it's like the portrait of Dorian Gray. I'm afraid all of my cynicism is caught up with me and is shown in my picture. I don't know why I chose that picture. Anyway, those are some of the headlines. There are many others, including Brexit, I know, but I don't really care about Brexit right now, do you? I don't know. It's just not a story for me. I'm not interested in the Brits that much. Oh, by the way, did I mention Showtime is preparing a documentary on the traitor, John Walker Lynn, the American Taliban rat boy. As you well know, they'll make it a sympathetic portrait of a poor, misunderstood liberal boy from Marin County. Once again, the liberal media sticking their finger in the face of all American patriots. Well, that's the wrap-up for today's news headlines. Let's go to the show itself. This is Michael Savage signing on, not off. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. 
Hey, look, when you're living in constant pain, finding a remedy is like looking for the Holy Grail, but not anymore. There's CryoFreeze. It's a roll-on developed by Omax Health. It has triple-action pain relief. You see, most over-the-counter pain relievers like the Icy Hot and Bengay only focus on one basic cooling effect like menthol, which temporarily takes your mind off the pain for about an hour, okay? Whether you're an athlete, weekend warrior, or anyone who lives with constant joint pain, back pain, muscle soreness, or arthritis, CryoFreeze is for you. Simply roll it over where it hurts and ice out the pain. Just throw it in your gym bag, your purse, your briefcase, and you have it at your fingertips. The real secret behind CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on are its two ingredients, CBD and menthol. Try CryoFreeze pain relief roll-on. Remember, go to omaxhealth.com today, and please enter code SAVAGE to take advantage of this incredible savings. This is omaxhealth.com. Code Savage to get 20% off CryoFreeze and SiteWise. It's also a way of supporting this podcast. Go to omaxhealth.com, enter code Savage. You get 20% off and support this podcast. Don't let muscle soreness continue to be an excuse for living an active lifestyle. Go to omaxhealth.com and feel relief faster. That's omaxhealth.com. The Savage Nation. It's Savage On Demand. Now, for some reason, I'm not going to read you the news headlines. You can read them yourself on the Drudge Report or wherever you go. And there's no point in me being like a reader of news headlines from a website. Now, you want my interpretation. I will give it to you on some of the stories, such as Nadler's hatred catches up with him and he faints at a hearing. I mean, he's only been a ticket fixer all his life, and he's been, uh, you know, the constant, constant harpy on, on Trump with the fake thing. Now he collapses at a hearing. White farmers are being beaten to death in South Africa. The highest death rate of any profession on earth is that of a white farmer in South Africa. But don't tell that. Don't tell that to the race haters here in America or at the U.N. Meanwhile, another set of bombs, a pipe bomb went off in Lyon, France, no word on who did it. They haven't caught the gentleman yet who did it. They haven't shown any pictures of the gentleman who set off the uh, bombs in Lyon, France, because apparently it wasn't a right-winger, a white male, so therefore the picture won't be forthcoming. Elephants are being killed again in Botswana, so psychopathic homicidal maniacs who don't have male parts could go and slaughter them. But I want to talk about war for a minute. I have keen intuition I have almost a prophetic sense sometimes, not all the time. Sometimes I'm just average. Sometimes I'm stupid. Sometimes I'm here. Sometimes I'm there. But sometimes I'm prophetic, and I feel war is in the air. I feel it. I can sense it almost like Nostradamus felt things or saw things in advance. But it's really a calculated statement that I'm making because uh, I've been adding up in bed. I'm laying here in bed saying, let's see, the Civil War ended in 1865. And then there was the Spanish-American War, right on, right on schedule, 1898. What do I mean by right on schedule? It seems to me almost every generation there's a war. And then right on schedule, World War I, 1914 to 1918. Then right on schedule, another generation comes along, and the old men send them to war to die and get butchered, 39 to 45. 
And then the cycle is broken and another war comes not 20 years, but 10 years later, Korean War, 50 to 53. And then 10 years later, the Vietnam War, 59 to 75. Then the Gulf War, 90 to 91. The small hidden war in Afghanistan, been on target since 2001. No one knows why we're there. And I'm sensing with the administration surrounding the president. And I must say to you, other factors, which I will not mention right now, I sense there's going to be a major conflagration very soon. Do I want it? No. A man of peace. In fact, I'll tell you something. The prophetic gene that's in my, my, my DNA kicked in this morning, and I came up with a, th- a statement that was this, and I'm going to ask all of you to tell me if I made it up or I think I made it up or did I read it somewhere? Because I posted it this morning and I wrote, teach your boys war that they shall know peace. Teach your boys war that they shall know peace. Michael Savage, 524.19. I don't know if I read that somewhere or I created that because I don't remember reading it anyway. And we try to find it in the book of quotes and couldn't. But what do I mean by teach your boys war that they shall know peace? I mean, you can say a lot of things about that. First of all, if you teach your boys war, you can say girls if you want, teach your children war that they shall know peace. I say boys because I'm from another generation. And since most military cemeteries have boys in them, I'll say teach your boys war that they shall know peace. And so what that means is if you teach a boy the horrors of war and that they have to go to war to defend their home, themselves, and their family at some point or should be ready to do that, they will work very hard to make sure they don't have to get in such a situation or that the nation doesn't get into such a situation. War is horrible. Everyone knows that who's been in war. I'm not a veteran. Today we celebrate veterans actually over the weekend. It used to be called Decoration Day, which is a federal holiday in the United States for all of you who are illegal immigrants or new immigrants. It honors the people who have died while serving in the United States Armed Forces. It's observed every year on the last Monday of May, which is most recent. Well, it's, this, okay, it's coming this Monday. Many people think it's just a three, four-day holiday to get drunk. Okay, I get it. It's not my business what you do with your life. But it also marks the beginning of summer for most people. And Labor Day usually marks the end uh, of summer. I remember when I was a busboy in the Catskill Mountains, we had a psycho guy who ran the, the kitchen, Joe from New Jersey. I don't know. He was really a crazy guy. And he spoke with a heavy lisp. And he used to say, Labor Day, and I'm sitting in the house. We loved him. But Memorial Day... <laughs> Meaning he was happy that the summer was over. We worked like slaves, you know, from six in the morning till midnight on five meals a day to the people in the hotels. So by the time Labor Day came, he was he was giddy already. It's Labor Day and we're selling the house, meaning it's over. And we'd all go back to school and we'd earn, earn enough money to pay for college in those days. I worked up there as a lifeguard. I worked as a waiter. I worked as a busboy. I was never a counselor for some reason. So now we have Memorial Day and... I'm thinking about wars, and I'm looking at the cycle of war, and I'm reading the history of some wars. And I was reading about the history of Napoleon's invasion of Russia. I'm kind of really thrilled when I read about the invasion of Russia by Napoleon and then the invasion of Russia by Hitler. And the same thing happened to both dictators, the armies of both dictators, that is, which is they both got caught by the Russian winter. And their armies were decimated. It happened both to the French under Napoleon, and it happened, thank God, to Hitler. And his his troops died as a result of getting trapped in thinking they could take Moscow 
and just march on to Moscow. You don't know anything about the Russians, which is why I caution all of you psychopaths who want war with Russia. Those who do not know the history are condemned to repeat it. You know, when the Russian winter struck with its full fury, the first week of November, the typhus-infested Grand Armées retreat degenerated into a death march. The starving French soldiers butchered their horses, leaving the cavalry without mounts and the army as a whole without either cannons or supply wagons. The nightmarish conditions resulted in a widespread collapse of discipline and morale. The only unit retaining its cohesion during the retreat was the Imperial Guard Corps. The Grand Army's retreat, which was characterized by intense suffering and cruelty in unbearable winter conditions, remains one of the defining images of the Napoleonic era. The disaster in Russia compelled Napoleon's remaining allies to turn against him and ultimately led to his abdication and exile to Elba. I'm reading from a, an article on this in great magazine, Military Heritage, which I get regularly. And it's not that I'm afraid we're going to go to war with Russia. I've been afraid of that ever since the Democrats took power because they've been dying for a war with Russia. Uh, Hit- Hillary started by calling Putin Hitler. Trump came to power. One of the reasons I backed him so strongly, and I've said this repeatedly, I'll say it again, is because he's a man of peace. As a businessman, he doesn't want war. Businessmen don't like war. The stock market doesn't like war. The only people who like war are men like John Bolton, who has never been a businessman, secretaries usually in the military, secretaries of state like war, unlike the current secretary of state, who was actually Com, actually a combat veteran. Pompeo's a great man. I think he's a West Point graduate. He doesn't like war. That's the funny thing. It's fakers like Kerry who like war. The guy who threw his purple heart over the fence, the purple heart he never earned. You know, fast boat Kerry. He wanted war, constantly wanted war. And it's very interesting to me, when you look at it, very interesting to me that the demagogues on the left, mainly the Democrats, hate Russia, but they never hated the old USSR. And I try to figure it out. Why did they not hate the USSR, guys like Kerry? All the leftists, all the Democrats really never hated the USSR, but they have a visceral hatred for Russia. Then I realized why. Because Russia is turning back to God. The USSR was godless. They were a socialist republic, so-called. The Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. They were not worshipers of God. Russia is. Russia is going back to the old ways of the church, the Orthodox Christian church. And that's why the left hates them. You understand? That's very complicated. It's really a good PhD dissertation. So where did you hear the phrase, teach your boys war that they should know peace? Did I, did I make it up as I think I did in my own mind? Am I like a prophet, kind of? I'm, I'm speaking almost like an occasional cortex now, like putting my nail polish on, so to speak. I mean, it seems to be the thing now is just, you know, go to a barber and have your hair cut and let it be live streamed. Who just did that? Which one of them just did that? Buttigieg? Buttigieg? Buttigieg. Who? Beto. Beto had his hair cut. He thought that would be cool. He's like, what's wrong with these people? Why are they all acting like eight-year-olds on Ritalin or Adderall? What is wrong with them? Give them an iPhone and Adderall and they're suddenly they're eight years old? That's the new stage of politicians? You know, all I can say is God help America because with this breed of drug-addicted narcissists that are doing these things where we've gone, you know, I could say things. I don't know if this is a dirty word anymore, 
You can't say hook. You can say hooker, right? That's not a dirty word. You could say prostitute. That's not a dirty word. But when I grew up, the word was whore. That's what it was. I mean, that's what it was, a whore. Now, New York slang is whore. A whore. You can't use it unless you're in a Marty Scorsese movie. You could say whore. But it actually is what the Instagram models are like. This is what they glorify. You open up the New York Post, it's nothing but whores to me. I, am I offending you? I don't mean to offend you. I'm trying to awaken you to what Murdoch and the others are doing in the tabloid business. All they do is glorify the whores of our time. Every minute you open up an article and there's another one. Oh, look, I'm in a bikini in an icy lake. Oh, look, I'm falling off a cliff in my bikini. That's the world that we live in. Now you've got politicians copying them. That's the whole point I'm trying to make. You've got politicians following the lowest level of humanity off the cliff. And they're going to take all of us with them. If you think our enemies don't know this, you're mistaken. If you think that our enemies in China don't know how weak this nation is underneath the surface, and the only thing standing between them and taking a Pelham 123 is Donald Trump, you're really mistaken. Now, I don't want to get into the whole Trumpism thing. I'm not going to do that right now. Let's take some good callers out there. Santa Rosa. Robert, line three, what's on your mind today? Good afternoon, Doctor. Um, I know you're the son of uh, Russian immigrants. I was just curious if you, uh, if you continued speaking, if your parents continued speaking Russian, or did they drop your, uh, their native language as soon as they got to the United States? Well, my father was from Russia. He came here at age seven. Okay. My, gra- my grandfather uh, was the first one here and worked his hard out till he could bring in my grandmother. And then uh, the two children, the third one, was born here. No, my father never spoke a word of Russian in the house. In fact, we only spoke English with some Yiddish to each other. They never spoke it to me. The old people spoke it to each other because my grandmother, who lived with us, came here when she was very old, lived in the same house. There was no welfare, so we all lived together, all of us in one bedroom for a while. Um, She spoke, by the way, only... Russian and Yiddish to me. I didn't understand a word she was saying. But I knew she. I, it's interesting. It is interesting that I don't understand those languages. But I, that's how she spoke to me because I was a little grandson. I was a little baby, really, and she loved me. All I know is she loved me. That's all I could tell her. She loved me. You know, like you speak to a dog. They don't know know English, but they know through how you look at them and what your tone is, whether you love them or not. Right? Yeah. Well, like my dad spoke. Uh, I'm sure he spoke Portuguese because my grandmother. <laughs> was Portuguese, but... Uh, he my had- grandmother was too old to learn English. She read foreign language newspapers, which I found in her in her drawer after she died. I, I found stuff in her room. I loved that woman greatly. She would, looked like a Native American Indian, my grandmother. It's very interesting. High cheekbones, uh, very, very noble-looking. She's stoic as heck. She just sat quietly in her room, didn't bother anybody, didn't complain, didn't ask for a thing. Great woman, loved her. Loved her. She was a role model for me, and I we hardly knew her, really, when you think about it. But, you know, I knew her the way you know people better, which is through the heart rather than through what they what they say to you. And uh, she intervened when my sister and I would find. <laughs> she always took my side, older sister, younger brother, you know. What other stories are out there? Teach your boys war so that they may know peace. I believe that I made that one up. I think it came to me in my own head because I have the prophetic gene that kicks in every once in a while. I mean, all these books don't come out of the air and uh, these daily shows don't come out of the air. There are people who do have 
special abilities. I have no athletic abilities, but I do have mental abilities. You know, you, you don't get it all necessarily. Some men do, I guess. Some men have it all. I don't have it all. How is the faithful city become a harlot? That she was full of justice, righteousness, lodged in her, but now murderers. Michael Savage, a host like no other. Look, are your credit card bills keeping you up at night? You're not alone. Interest rates in the double digits, you're not alone. Why don't you be smart and pay off your credit card balances with a credit card consolidation loan from Lightstream? All in one, get a fixed rate as low as 5.95% APR with auto pay. Get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 and there are no fees. Plus, Lightstream is a division of SunTrust Bank, one of the nation's largest financial institutions. So you can have complete peace of mind. This is not a flaky little boiler room. This is a big deal. Lightstream is a part of SunTrust Bank. You want to save even more? My listeners get an additional interest rate discount. And the only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash savage. Do you love this podcast? You need to consolidate your loans? Lightstream.com slash savage. That's L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M dot com slash savage. Subject to credit approval, rate includes 0.50% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers a subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash savage for more information. Home of borders, language, culture, the Savage Nation. Terror fears as nail bomb explosion injures 13 in Lyon. An explosion. In other words, it was a spontaneous explosion of rags in a garbage can. Not what sane nation on earth brings people in who want to kill them? What sane nation on earth brings people in who burn their flag? What sane nation on earth brings, brings people in who spit on their national heritage? What sane nation covers up what I have just stated? None. Only insane suicidal nations do that. What are they afraid of? They're going to disappear in their own country. In fact, a group of the so-called illegal immigrants were trying to break into uh, France and they took over an airport departure lounge, Air France, and they started to scream, France doesn't belong to the French, it belongs to all people. And nothing happened to them. They were probably given a, a welcome by Macaroon. The parcel bomb device was reportedly packed with nails, screws, and bolts. What religion would teach that? None. There are no, there's no religion that teaches that. I have told you before, I've studied Islam. In the 7th century, Islam would have taught that. The literal interpretation of Islam, of the Quran, in the 7th century practiced exactly that. That is how within 50 years they swept across two-thirds of the globe, was by killing, burning, maiming, swords, you name it. They killed every man and woman they could get their hands on. But by the 9th century... Islam was cooperating with countries that they had conquered. Jews were cooperating with Muslims, Muslims with Jews. It was all a different world by the ninth century. What you are seeing today with the so-called Islamic terrorism is a resurgence of the seventh or eighth century mentality that has come back like a disease as a result of Wahhabi Islam 
Wahhabism was taught in, the, I believe, the 1800s and it came out of Saudi Arabia, by the way. Saudi Arabia, not Iraq. A teacher, a Wahhabist, taught this to conquer the world through violence. And so the extremists amongst the Muslims who still practice this kind of insanity are Wahhabists. But this is not inherent in modern Islam. You should know that. You have to know that. It's important you know that. It's imperative you know that. It's imperative you know that most moderate Muslims are more afraid of them than you are because they're more highly probable to be attacked by their own crazy uh, co-religionists in that, in that regard. It's important for you to know the difference. But having said that, there's a huge but now at the end of the sentence. When Trump ran for office, I supported him for a year straight because he said, we're going to stop immigration until we can figure this thing out. That was number one. That meant all immigrants. We're going to stop all immigration till we can figure this thing out. That was number one. But he specifically said we're going to stop bringing in Muslims from countries where terrorism is known to be at a high pitch. He said it in those words or something like that. He tried his best, but the vermin in the legal robes, the stench from the bench, the stench from the bench acted up. Little judges who are nothing but corrupt lawyers in black robes that need to be sanitized stepped in and said, drop dead, we want more terrorism in America. We want more deadbeats in America. We want more diseased people in America. Don't tell me they come here to work. Don't tell me they come here to work. I'm sick of hearing that big lie. Please don't tell that to me, because you're wrong. No, they don't all come here to work. They come here because this is the promised land. This is the land of milk and honey. This is the land of the freebies. This is the land where lawyers wait for them over the border to give them everything they ever dreamed of. This is the land where Catholic charities treats them better than they do our veterans. The Savage Nation. It's savage, uncut, unfiltered, and raw. Oh, you looked in the mirror and you saw a double chin. Well, you can't wish it away. Sorry, you cannot wish it away. But Genucel has made... An amazing product, and they've extended their Mother's Day sale. For what? Ugly double chins, hideous sagging jawlines, disgusting turkey necks. I mean, they're real problems until now. I'm sorry to put it in those terms, but they are, and no one likes them. And that's why I'm telling you we're introducing the new Genucel jawline treatment formulated with MDL technology. Robin S. from Lubbock, Texas writes, I put that jawline cream on my neck like two or three days ago. That is the best my neck has looked in over 20 years. Several people told me my face looks younger. I'm blown away, she said. Look, sure, you could use expensive or harsh treatments to look younger, but why would you do that? What do you got to lose? For this week only, get the Genucel jawline treatment absolutely free when you order the classic Genucel for eye bags and puffiness. And wait, with its instant effects, see results in the first 12 hours guaranteed or you get your money back. It's that clear. Go to Genucel.com. That's Genucel.com. Or text SAVAGE to 77453. S-A-V-A-G-E to 77453. And for a limited time, Chamonix will include a second surprise luxury gift for free. You've got nothing to lose, everything to gain. So text SAVAGE to 77453. Or visit dot com. My community is the Savage Nation, and it's time we got savage! This is what it's all about today. It's a war. It's a civil war going on. Thank God it's only a verbal civil war, to a large extent, except those who are raped or killed or run over by one of them. 
uh, or catch, let's say, get get caught by a machine gun bullet at a at, a, at an office party. Remember when that ha- was happening under Obama? You forgot all of the terror events. It's only a matter of time until another event happens. Right now, the country's under a pretty good lockdown. Right now, thanks to our FBI, who you've come to hate because of the stupidity of the media, especially the dumb right-wing media, suddenly the FBI is our enemy. The FBI does an awful lot of things in addition to the Steele report and the dossier, 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 dossier. The FBI is a vast agency. They have a huge counterterrorism presence. If it wasn't for them, you'd probably be sucking a nail bomb right now. So stop with putting down a whole agency because of a few schmucks like Comey and his buddies who went after Trump. The men and the women in the field are not Comey. The men and the women in the field and the FBI probably listening to this show right now probably know better than anyone you know how many terror events they've stopped under Donald Trump. A nail bomb from going off at a schoolyard, for example. So stop making the broad statement or the FBI is all bad or all the intelligence agencies are the swamp. Stop being facile, please. Study your issues. Study your issues. Now, I didn't want to get, you know, worked up here. Someone calling about something else. Where is this? Let me read you the questions. I I can't even get to them. I need five hours right now. Okay. Our enemies know how weak we are, says Luke in Santa Rosa. Killing of the white farmers in South Africa is political. What are you saying? It's good? Christian in Texas is saying, what do you think of CBD oil? He knows nothing about it. And then someone called and asked about a picture in my book, Train Tracks, because my new book, which is called The Savage Life, which is really Train Tracks republished with a couple of new stories and a new cover and a new look, has a picture that he was curious about. And the picture was, which was the picture, Jim, that he wanted to know about? I can verbalize because I speak pictographically. Here it is. My, I really did. I did wear dead man's pants. There's a picture of me as a little boy. Was I unhappy, man, on page whatever of man's pants cut down for me. I'm, <laughs> we were poor. My father worked. <laughs> he would bring pants home from a, from a, a stiff. They'd buy, they'd buy the houses out. You know, someone would die. Then they call guys like him in to buy all the leftovers. You know, whatever. That's how he made a living. You buy the silverware. You buy the dishes, the clothes. So instead of throwing the clothes out, he cut them down for me. He cut them off at the knee. That's why I always liked Abbott and Costello so much. I looked like one of them. But I don't... Which picture, Jim? Hello, Jim. Which picture was he asking about? Oh! He wants to know about how I wound up in the New York Times ad on every subway station in New York in 1967. Okay, let, a quick short story. If you flip to the pictures in uh, A Savage Life, which you'll be buying for Father's Day, I know you will, or you have train tracks... There's a picture of me smiling in a great coat. Wow, was I good looking, man. I wonder I had so many girlfriends. And it says, I got my job through the New York Times. And I wrote, my face appeared in every subway station in New York City, 1967. I got to tell you this story. At that time, I was a commuter in New York. I don't know where I was working. One of the jobs, social worker, teacher, whatever. And as you would shoot through the stations on the subway train, there was a series of ads. There was an ad campaign where every month or so they would change the category of the individual who they were featuring. Like, I got my job through the New York Times, and they'd show a woman who was an architect, and it would say architect. And then it would say, I got my job through the New York Times, and it would show, like, uh, whatever. I don't know the job. So I went to see the people, and I said, I'm a science consultant, and um, I'd like to be on, on your ass. <laughs> I swear to God. So I, I, walked, I just did it. So apparently the guy liked me, thought I was good-looking or something. I had a lot of hair. Nice smile, good teeth, good skin, nice coat. 
And I got in the in the they, they took the picture of me. The next thing I know is my face is now on every subway station in New York. And so as I'm going to work, you see my face shooting by. I got my job through the New York Times. Now, why am I telling you the story? Because the guy asked about it. And the picture is going to be, uh, again, reprinted in in uh, A Savage Life. But there's another part of the story that's that's even cuter in a certain way. It's a charming story. I've been married a very long time. In fact, I met my wife in 1967. In fact, I had met her just around that time. And I figured I could really impress her. We were just dating at the time. I could really impress her if she saw my picture in all the subway stations in New York. That was one of my motivations. I mean, love does crazy things to a person. You understand me? I mean, that's what drove me to have it done, I think. I don't think they paid me, what, 200 bucks or something? So then she's going to work, and she says, she comes over and she's like, wow, I saw your face in every subway station in New York. I said, yeah, that's that's nice. That's good. But that's exactly what happened. That's that story. It's a little sort of little side, little record of that particular picture. Now, of course, my face will not be on any ads in the New York subways, in the New York Times, saying I got my job in the New York Times and a job category being talk show host. I do not think that that ad campaign will be forthcoming shortly, either on bus ads in Los Angeles or New York or on subway cars. Something tells me talk shows is not a job category they would want to advertise that they uh, help the guy get his job. But today we have other methods of getting jobs. Those days, remember, we used to, it would be a good live read right now from one of my Zip Recruiter ads. But no, no, in those days, you know how hard it was to find the job? You had to go in the back of newspapers. You had to go to employment agencies. How many people actually go to employment agencies anymore? I think it's all done online, right? No? Yes? Jim? Yes? Well, no. Yeah. You had to wait online. You had to talk to people. It was a different universe. It's much different today. So let me take a quick call. Texas Christian, line five, you're on with Michael Savage. What's on your mind? Call Michael. Love your show. Thanks. And then uh, online KSFO. Um, CBD oil. I've heard many things about it, so I uh, bought some online. But I don't really know anything about it except it's from the the non hallucinogenic. Right, right, right. Let me let me tell you something about it because I'm a former phytochemist. I know an awful lot about it. Most of the crap that's being sold, no one even knows what's in the product. That's number one. They're not certified. They're not made by pharmaceutical companies. They're made by shysters in garages or on cheap farms somewhere with toxic chemicals. They could be just as soon be making a a crack in another in another barn. You don't know how much CBD is in that oil. That's number one. Number two, you do not know whether or not there's any THC mixed in with this CBD. They they, they like to say, oh, this is the non uh, hallucinogenic alkaloid uh, found in hemp. Well, yeah, that's true if it's isolated and pure. But we don't know, A, how much CBD is in any of these over-the-counter products. And here's the real worrisome part for people who don't want to get high. We don't know how much THC is in there, okay? So I don't know what product you bought. I don't want the name of the company. There are people who are, let us say, legitimate in this business. And uh, those are the ones I would look, look towards. Look, I used to work in the herbal industry and the vitamin industry. And it was the same in that business. There were people who were putting out the equivalent of a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce in products. In, in What they said was in there was in there. Then there were the Ghanaps in the business who had vitamin presses in their garages. And the vitamin presses were making pills around the clock, just punching out vitamin pills. They didn't know what was in it. They could have put dust in there. They could have put mummy dust in there. They could have put nothing in it. You wouldn't have known the difference. And I knew the difference. So, you know, every industry has its 
it's differentials, just as there are differences in cars, there's differences in the, in the marijuana products. And I don't know why these things are being sold away without any certification. It's out of control. I think that the, the FDA needs to step in. And I think the FDA needs to take control of the entire marijuana industry. And I think that when they do, they can put out some certified products. And frankly, my position, the pharmaceutical company should control that business. Spans of the spoken word. Welcome. This is a podcast. Greetings, pod recipients. You are entering the Savage Nation. Read the book. See the movie. So I'm flipping through the pictures that are going to be appearing in my new semi-autobiography of stories for Father's Day called The Savage Life. And one of them, in addition to the one I just mentioned to me in the subways, is this, Father and Son at the Gun Range, 1980s. And I just looked at the picture for the first time I saw in many years. And there I am with my trusty AR-15 and my son with his trusty Ruger Mini-14, which is actually still one of my favorite guns. Now, I no longer have the AR-15 because they're illegal in California, but I still have the Ruger Mini-14 with a five-shot clip. The other one I sent out of state where it's legal. It's that simple. But, man, did I used to love going to that rifle range out uh, on the road to Petaluma, past Petaluma. There's a rifle range that's still there, and you could shoot up to, like, I don't know how many yards. But those guns were so dead accurate. What fun. Father and son of the gun range. So there we are. And now I want to close with something else. In my religious tradition... We don't believe there's a disconnect between God and the earth. In fact, the Hasidic masters teach that man meets God in the concreteness of his activity within the world that we live in. Okay? And so the proverb says, in all thy ways they shall, shall you know him. What does that mean? It means that man can meet God in every circumstance of his life. Man can perform the deepest meditations and acts of unification, even though his most earthly actions, such as eating, drinking, sexual intercourse, and business transactions, are also occurring. In other words, they're not separate, and many people don't understand that. They think that because they're driven by sexual feelings, or they engage in sexual acts, or they eat, or they drink, or they're full of life, that somehow they can't be godly. The exact opposite is true. The exact opposite is true. In fact, the more you are engaged in those things, the more earthly you are, the more earthly you are, according to the tradition I was raised in, the more you can know God. The Westwood One Podcast Network.